Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. On today's podcast, the fabulous Adam Richard joins me for a spoiler-free chat about the Batman. My name is Justin Hamilton, and around here, I'm known as Vengeance at Big Squig. And thank you for joining me for this spoiler-free chat about the Batman. That's right. This episode is spoiler-free, so don't confuse it with the second part released today. That one is full of spoilers. Adam and I recorded two different parts, so if you want to get a feel for the movie, this is the episode to listen to. And then if you want to hear all of our thoughts, then at the end of this podcast, fire up the next episode and you can listen to it on your terms. So just a reminder in case you're not paying close attention, and I'm not having a go when I say that, you might be running, you might be driving, you might be preparing food for a meal, you might have a child who's just taken a shit on the carpet. I don't know what's going on while you're listening to this, so this is just a gentle reminder. This episode is spoiler-free. Unless you're talking about overall themes, comparisons to previous Batman movies and discussions on the colour palette of the movie, maybe that is a spoiler for you. But I don't think that would be a spoiler for you. That's what we're talking about here. So you go, look, you're good. You're good. I'm thinking of you. Like, I'm definitely thinking of you when I split this up into two parts. Uh, As you might be aware, our Patreon subscribers have an episode dedicated to them. And today's shout out, not just for this podcast... 
But for uh, both of these episodes is Isabel Fanot uh, over there in the States. Uh, Isabel has been a friend of the podcast right from the beginning and has been extremely generous in her support. And I just wanted to say hi, Isabel. I hope you're well and thank you for all the love you have given, uh, not just me, but uh, my friends here at Big Squid. Uh, I hope you enjoy these podcasts and I hope you get to enjoy the movie as well. Uh, Hopefully you will see it soon if it's in your wheelhouse. Um, (laughs) Hopefully it's in your wheelhouse because, well, you just had a two-parter dedicated to you about something that you're not that into. But let's not pretend that's happening. Anyway, if you'd like an episode dedication and all sorts of extra goodies like bonus podcasts, uh, early looks at other works, uh, scripts and uh, stickers, you can even get stickers, head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you can find a tier that will suit you. Let's get to it. It's time to return to Gotham, a city overrun with corruption that eats away at its very foundation. The criminal element has taken over. The streets are saturated in violence and a serial killer stalks his unsuspecting victims. Only one man appears prepared to bring this city back into the light. But what will be the cost for the Batman? Oh! 
spoiler-free episode of uh, Adam and I talking about the Batman. I've already warned you, even though I haven't recorded that part of the warning yet, but I know because I'm going to record that in the future and then I'm going to add it to this bit, which I'm recording now. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we are talking about the Batman, but I am approaching this as if I am Christopher Nolan and I'm just warning you again now, there's no spoilers, so you can listen to this one. If If you're afraid of spoilers and then when you hear... The next one, when I keep saying that there's spoilers, if you listen to it and you hear spoilers, it's not Adam's or my fault because I know in the future when I record that, I'm going to say spoilers stacks of heaps of times in both intros. Right. I Can I give a, a spoiler right here? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a spoiler. I got home from the movie last night and my fiancé said, how was it? And I said, I'm not saying anything. And he's like, why? I was like... Because if I tell you it was amazing, you'll be disappointed. And if yes. I tell you it's terrible, then you'll think I'm a liar when you see it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm saying nothing. <laughs> so this is good. This is going to be 35 minutes of us uh, in silence. <laughs> no, not giving you anything. Not giving you Talking anything. Talking instead about comics that we're reading. <laughs> so what did you think of Saga? But um, It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. And I've, uh, I've really missed it. And it's great to have it back in yeah. my life. Uh, it, it's it's funny coming into this at this current time in comics mm. because I think maybe we're on a similar wavelength in that because of the way uh, the comic book industry has gone over the last few decades, we've mm. seen secret wars, we've seen civil wars, yes. we've seen multiple crises. We have had uh, the biggest threat known to the superheroes of all time, followed by the biggest threats known to superheroes <laughs> of all time. And they've been deconstructed and they've been deconstructed again and they've been deconstructed. And oh, I, What if you're a mutant? You've been through four genocides. And, right. And Wanda one day decided there were no mutants. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's no mutants. There's heaps of mutants. There's heaps of mutants. Yeah. There's a genocide. There's another yeah. genocide. Now there's a virus. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel doesn't own the mutants. You know who's important? The Inhumans. That didn't go too well. We've got the rights <laughs> of the mutants back. Guess what's important? Mutants. It's it's exhausting. And I kind of, when I first saw that this movie was coming out, mm. I kind the of Batman. Did, yes. The Batman. The Batman. Remember the days when I used to call myself the Justin? The Justin. <laughs> that was a long time ago. The Hammer. But it, I kind of didn't give a shit when yeah, it was same. announced. I it was the same. I was the same with um, Tom Holland's Spider Man. I'm like, I I barely got to know Andrew Garfield. I mean, the movies weren't great, but yeah. you know, he was good. Sally Field is Aunt May. What more do you want? Yes, like, I I was I was there for that alone. Yes, underrated Aunt May. Oh, great Aunt May. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this plucky British gymnast. I don't know. I don't know if I care. <laughs> And then he was delightful. <laughs> and he was delightful. And it's, you know, Michael Keaton swung me. And I'm yes. like, and it had a genuine surprise in it. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yes. All right. I've got to be honest. It, like, we're, we're talking about the car scene. Yeah. It is, it, it reminded me why I love Michael Keaton. Yes. And it made me think, oh, Tom Holland's up for the challenge. Yes. They, they were both so good. Isn't it, isn't it great in, in all these Marvel movies with all of these earth-shattering moments, one of my favourite pivotal scenes is two dudes driving in a car with, yeah. a, with, a, with a girl who doesn't know what's going on having to play innocent. Yeah. And the tension. Oh, so good. Guess what? Storytelling can b- be phenomenal with literally 
two people just talking. Yeah, but having it, a chat. But it's car. like in uh, in Iron Man, one of the best scenes in the original Iron Man, which now that we know there was wasn't a script. Yeah, uh, which is also more amazing. Yeah, one of the best scenes is Pepper trying to steal oh. the, the files from Stain, and it, and it is. Gwyneth Paltrow, who gets a bad rap because of all of her gloop, but she is <laughs> a, a really great actor. She's a really good actor. And Jeff Bridges, who is also a great actor. And, and that's John Favreau is a great director. Like, and that scene's amazing. That scene is amazing. Marvel. Sure, he can't, you know, I wouldn't trust him with a bunch of singing lions. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like that is seriously one of my favourite scenes. In I think that another thing that I was really nonplussed about with Spider-Man, I love that we're talking about Spider-Man and in Spatman podcast, yeah. um, was that terrible poster. It was like an Iron Man movie yes. that Spider-Man happened to be in. Yes. And I was like, what is going on? Like, Spider-Man was my favourite character for a long time. Like, yes. Don't bury him. Yeah, in his own uh, in his own movie, yeah. it's interesting. It's uh, there is a parallel between what Marvel's done with Spider Man and what Matt Reeves is doing with this Batman. Yeah, which is Spider Man. They just have him fully formed, and well, not fully formed, but he's really early on yeah. in his career, and he's getting shit done. And it's almost but we don't have to live through his poor dead uncle again. Like, like that guy just does not need, and he might not even exist in that version. But it feels yeah. like. It feels like it's been a an ultimate Spider-Man decompression origin. Yeah. That now, at the end of the latest Spider-Man, he is the character that we've always loved. Yeah. He's alone. There's been a tragic death. He's learnt the lesson. Yeah. He doesn't have any money. Classic Spider-Man. Yeah. And this is, you know, he's been Batman for a while. Yeah. He's been getting some shit done. And it feels like there's, uh, you know... A reverse engineering of the origin for him, which is quite interesting. And because we've, I think because we've seen the origin so many times. Like, I think mm. that was, um, you know, like Christopher Nolan had to go and make Batman Begins mm. so that he could make The Dark Knight, one yeah. of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Um, but that couldn't exist in a vacuum. No. Because, you know, we'd seen so many weird origins of Batman up to that point. Right. So he had to establish who Batman was, where he came from, and then create this weird superhero homage to Michael Mann's heat. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, you know what? I reckon in in the, the glut of superhero history, mm. Batman begins to get short shrift because... Now it's conceived or, or perceived as a uh, a fairly conventional approach to Batman. But you and I, the reason oh, we yeah. went and saw the Batman together last night was you and I went and saw Batman Begins. We did. We went. Uh, I've. We were fans of Memento. We were fans of Insomnia. Mm -hmm. We were like, oh, he's doing Batman. Yeah. And I remember sitting next to you in the cinema, having a great time. And then he became Batman, and one of us said to the other one, "I hope it doesn't become shit from here." <laughs> and and because it became a blueprint for yeah. pretty much every Marvel movie, you know, yeah. it, it's it's easy to go back and go, "Oh, this is fairly conventional." And it's like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah. for, he doesn't become Batman for an hour. He there's all these moments of pure horror, which yeah. I like that is kind of replicated in in different mm -hmm. ways here, and. You know, you just gave a shit about Bruce Wayne for once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because he was, you know, it was it was like Batman Year One, which is a great comic series. Yeah. But it wasn't slavishly 
copying it. Mm. It was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that, but, you know, that exists. So, why? Yeah. Like, it would, it's, you know, it's like that weird, it's like that Watchmen movie where you just go, I get why yes. you think turning each panel into a gigantic widescreen movie, a, you know, a, a portrait-shaped panel right. into a landscape picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, that alone is like, you know, that's, there's already a problem. Um, but yeah, like, there's no need to do that. Like, we can read the comic. Right. You've got, to, you've got to bring something new to it. And yeah. uh, uh, the thing is that uh, that Nolan Batman brings a sense of the operatic and it feels, mm. it feels more, once again, when you think about the colours, and I want to talk about the colours of this movie as well, yeah. the colours of that feels closer to The Godfather than it ever did oh, to yeah. a, a, and, and Blade Runner. Oh, like speaking of The between. Godfather, I feel like what you say about Batman Begins feeling, you know, like, oh, it's just the same as all those other movies mm. because it did it first and now everything else has copied it. Like, anyone who's watched a whole bunch of mob shows mm. and mob movies who goes back to watch The Godfather will <laughs> yeah. go, oh, it's just, I've seen this. Yeah. I've seen this 12 times. Like, yeah, yeah, this is the first time. Yes. That this was done like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to, it, it's amazing. I, I wrote a blog about this because I went and saw the 50th anniversary mm. uh, uh, release of the movie mm. on uh, Sunday. And, you know, I had someone who I really like who's really smart who just said, I watched The Godfather. It was really boring. And it's like, w- 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 how? How? How is this boring? Like, it is full of characters. It's full of, uh, there's moments. It, it takes its time telling the story. You... You you marinate like it, and, and it's like this creeping menace. Yes, like it just grows and grows and grows, and you're like, oh, these are bad people. Yes, like I love them, but they're bad people. Yeah, and, yeah. And in lesser movies, say the death of Luca Brasi, who gives a shit? But yeah. because you saw him being so nervous, trying to, uh, you know, come up with the. Uh, Rehearsing his line for yeah. the Don and then choking on it because he's still so nervous and overwhelmed with emotion when he gets taken out. Like that guy has like three scenes, but you're yeah. still like, oh, Jesus, they took out Luca Brazzi. When you yeah. think about it, it's like, I didn't like, I, I don't even know him. Yeah, <laughs> but you had a sense of him, you know? Yeah. So uh, he sleeps with the fishes. Now. He does sleep with the fishes. <laughs> he, he spoons with the fishes. He does all sorts of things with the fishes. <laughs> But yeah, you know, it begins, you know, it's it's not just an origin story for Bruce. It's an origin story for Gordon. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it gives you a sense of Gotham, which is, um, builds it up. It builds it up as a proper character, sets it apart from mm. uh, what we've seen before. And they're very difficult things to do. And so it's it's smart with this film that it, it just, we know that. Yep. We had a little repeat in Batman versus Superman, just in case if you've forgotten how everything went down. <laughs> We know it. We know it. So it jumps right into it. Uh, last night when I got home, I had a. Uh, uh, I was asked for a quote from Universal. Oh yes. And so off the top of my head, I wrote: uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, builds on the foundations of the movies that came before to create a version of the Dark Knight detective that reflects and responds to the world we live in today. Does uh, did I leave anything out? Like, like it was <laughs> off the top of my head, <laughs> but that feels about right. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. I I got asked for a quote once for um. I think it was Love Never Dies, the the musical sequel to Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. What did you say? <laughs> I said it was sumptuous, which 
you know, the definition of sumptuous is like something that looks gorgeous and has had no expense spared on it. Yeah. But doesn't say anything about whether it was any good or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was driving to work one day and there in gigantic letters above the freeway is sumptuous oh, Fox great. FM. <laughs> so good. Like, oh, man. I was, there was, I was taking the piss. Yeah. That's really funny. That's really funny. What a, what a moment. Um, so, because we're going to speak kind of broadly about it, uh, I thought we could talk about, uh, if for this part of the podcast, I thought we could talk about uh, the different versions of Batman mm-hmm. and the ones that are probably the most successful are the ones mm-hmm. that capture the zeitgeist in which they're aired. And, uh, Cinematic versions, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, we can, you know, they made a movie, so we can touch on the Adam West <laughs> pop art Batman, who, you know, I think is, like, I love him so much. Because, and I think we're actually due for a new one. Yeah. A new version of the Adam West Batman. Yeah. Because. Uh, well, I feel like we've got one in Will Arnett. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I've been advocating one with Matt Berry. Oh, my God. Like a real life one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Pete Davidson as Robin. Oh, my God. Heaven. So. <laughs> and the Joker. It's his dad. <laughs> it's his dad. Yeah, yeah. And he's got dad issues. Yeah, amazing. But do you know what I mean? Because, because every every movie now has to have a bizarre reveal of, oh, that's my dad. Oh, yeah. They're mad for it. Every movie. Every movie. Every movie. Including the aforementioned Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my dad. That's my dad. Everyone's a dad. Guess what? We have a whole generation of ex, Gen X people who all have issues with their dad. Yeah. Um, but the, I'd never really thought about it before, but I think it was Morrison who pointed out well, you know, if, if to become Batman, he has to see his parents murdered. Like, mm. well, the Adam West Batman saw his parents murdered and yeah. he became groovy. Yeah. How can yeah. you not love that guy? And, and, you know, his reaction was to adopt someone. Yes. Like, oh, well, I want someone else whose parents have been murdered not to have such a bad time as I did. Yeah. So I've brought this guy into the house and there's Aunt Agatha to make sure we don't get up into any hanky-panky. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all the good stuff. Just all the good stuff. Do we... How old were you when you discovered that the two of them were just having a great old time behind the scenes? Oh. It's very funny to realise and then go back and rewatch. It Like, it adds to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's because, like, my mum used to... Because I used to love it. Yeah. And my mum used to always kind of be there and go, Oh, it's so-and-so. Yes. Like, and I was like, I have no idea who Joan Collins is, but, you know, great. Yeah. I'm sure she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, you'd have Eartha Kitt. You'd have, like, all of the, you know, Vincent Price. Like, yeah. big, big stars just desperate to be on the show, slumming it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so good. There was even a, this is not a spoiler in any way, but there is a scene where Batman in the in the new movie, the Pattinson Batman, is running oh vertically, vertically, and and I, I like I I kind of clocked it, but it was it, I didn't I'd kind of forgotten it until you verbalised it yeah. afterwards, and it was like. Man, like it just would have been great if Clooney had stuck his head out yes. and said, uh, "Hey, don't have nipples on those things," you know, <laughs> or you know, just a CGI Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah, just popping his head who out. Was, who, who turned up in the like? That was the other thing. Like they were so, like so many people wanted to be in Batman back yeah. in the sixties, and they couldn't fit them all in as villains. So that's what those scaling the building things turned up. It was just like a cameo factory. Just so funny. Like, oh, there's Liberace. <laughs> Sticking his head out. Yeah, somehow as a kid, just 
never quite realised how funny it was and yeah. found the cliffhangers to be, oh, I can't believe I have oh. to wait until tomorrow to find out if they're going to get out of this. I remember I had we had to go to Canberra to visit my cousins and Robin was about to be eaten by a crab, I think, a giant crab or oh, something. No. And to this day, I still don't know whether he died. Right. And <laughs> This is back in the day where if you missed something, you, you missed it. You and missed you, it. And you never saw it I again. Mean, I could go and track it down and find it on the internet, but I choose to believe that that, that episode never aired. Right. <laughs> the next one. Right. It's, uh, yeah, uh, Robin died from the crab and the Roadrunner was finally eaten by Wile E. Coyote. Yeah. They're, they're the rumours. <laughs> and I love that it was on the same bat time, same bat channel. Just really. Everything handy. was batty. Everything was batty. The back computer, you know. I love that. Alfred could dress up as Batman and have a moustache yes. from a distance. And everyone went, oh, yeah, that's Batman. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. I love that he was paunchy. Yes. So good. I, I always, like, imagined a world where um, Adam West and William Shatner swapped roles for a day. Like oh, Shatner so in the funny. Batman costume and Adam funny. West as the captain of the Enterprise. Oh, that's like, great. That would be fun. That someone make that happen. <laughs> someone who's good with computers and knows how to do deep fakes. Can you do that for us, please? That's so good. Um, how did you feel when uh, the Michael Keaton Batman came out? He was the loner, the guy who brooded. Kind of uh, when you look back on it, predates the grunge explosion by a, <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah. He's uh, and he's also the Batman that heralds the beginning of. Comics are for grown-ups, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it was, it came on the heels of The Dark Knight Returns being a massive success. Yeah. Like Frank Miller's Batman being this huge, big thing. Yeah. So, my first thought was, why isn't it Clint Eastwood right? as yeah. old Batman? Yeah, because I loved Michael Keaton and I was not up for yeah. Michael Keaton. I wasn't up for Michael Keaton, but, you know, then you see the suit and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe this is okay. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, you hear that Jack Nicholson is playing the Joker and you're like, oh, well, this is licensed to print money, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and he was great. Like, even Jerry Hall's good in that film. Like, Yeah, it's not often you get to say that sentence. No. Yeah. She's married to creepy old Rupert now. Yes. Um, but, yeah, like, it's Jack Palance, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, I watched it the other week and it's, it's still fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it was also before Tim Burton went full Tim Burton. Like yes, it's it's the flavor of Burton, not yeah. the when he was still telling stories yes. before he was just painting pictures. Yes, with, with actors. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I feel like uh, this new version of Gotham that we get introduced to in in the Batman mm. is a kind. It feels a little bit to me by using Glasgow as a location mm. that it feels like an updated version of the Gothic uh, side oh, yeah. of uh, Tim Burton's Batman. But I say that. I have not watched it for a while, but from my memory, it feels like it's like a like a seventies dirty, grungy, yeah. You know, tr like Travis Bickle could be there, yeah, working the streets kind of version of Tim Burton's Batman. I, yeah, that. Well, the first one, Batman Returns, feels more like Gotham is a theme park, right? Yeah, um, inhabited by weirdos. Yeah, uh, but the first one, yeah, does have a bit more kind of grime and grit to it. Um, but only in the kind of like street scenes. And when you see like the kind of cityscape and stuff, it's got a, that weird Art Deco thing going on. You know, yeah. they kind of riffed on for the Batman Adventures cartoon yep. that they went like really heavy on. Um, 
Also, it's got that great Danny Elfman score. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, Underrated score. Yeah, it's yeah. really kind of, you know, lush and, yeah, it's fun. Like, it's... But, yeah, I remember really enjoying that and just, you know, there's a bunch of really fun satirical moments in it. Like, you know, when the when the Joker poisons all of the makeup products. Right. So, you've got these news yeah. anchors just yeah, looking, looking terrible. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do the news and their hair is terrible. Yeah, they got zits. Yeah. Really funny. <laughs> they're terrified because it's like, well, it's things in conjunction with one another. We don't know what to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it, it's uh, Keaton's Batman... Funnily enough, it kind of aged better for mm. me because at the time I found it, you know, I'd been like he was Johnny Blaze. He was yeah. he he was Mister Mum. He was yeah. he, like I loved him. He was really funny, and I, I, you know, I was probably I was too enamoured with the Dark Knight Returns and Batman yeah, Year yeah, One. Yeah. I weirdly found him uh, more compelling as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's a great Bruce Wayne. And then uh, you totally like believe that he would. Bring women into the Batcave and be fine with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which he does a lot. He does a lot. Like, calm down, mate. And then you know the Val Kilmer Batman feels like he's not there. And then you you know the George Clooney Batman. Look, he's he's, he's channeling Adam West. He's channeling Adam West. Yeah. yeah, that that's how I enjoy him. If yeah. you if you enjoy him as the next Adam West, it's pretty entertaining. I went to see Batman and Robin because the Schumacher ones are berserk. Um, I saw that at like a midnight session with right. Will Anderson, right? <laughs> people, right? Um, and we were like losing it at the the script. I think it's an Akiva Goldsman script. It's just like resplendent with terrible, terrible puns, right? Like it is just catchphrase after catchphrase attached to big action sequences, and yeah. it's like you know a freeze is coming, like all that kind of yeah. crazy Schwarzenegger business. My favourite one is Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, and uh, Robin's like, "You should come with a warning." She's like, "Yes, yeah, slippery when wet." Yeah, it's like, what is happening? What is what is this movie? Yeah. Like, there's not, got nothing to do with plants. Yeah, <laughs> and and it feels like uh, the the main problem with that is I feel like Clooney's leaning into the awfulness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's not quite on top of his game as an actor at this yeah. point, but uh, but Chris O'Donnell is kind of playing it pretty straight, yeah. and Alicia Silverstone is like. There's just so much. Like you forget, Drew so Barrymore's many, in it. Drew Barrymore's in it. Like Elle McPherson's in it. Like, what is happening? Like, like there's too much. A, yeah, Uma Thurman's in it. Like it is crazy. Yeah, it's a big, big, messy film. Yeah, and I yeah. And my and you know the fact that Schwarzenegger was above the title, like he yeah. was such a big star at the time. It was his. Um, it was like Nicholson, yeah. You know, was a was a bigger draw than Keaton. Keaton, yeah. Um, and yeah, but it was. I think it was the same. Was it around the same time as Last Action Hero? So it was like very much. You know, Schwarzenegger had hit his peak and was uh, right. sailing out the door. So yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> the momentum was starting to roll down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know, like we don't need to go into it, but uh, Nolan's Batman reflects the grey area of post September 11 America mm-hmm. and how how long can the ends justify the means? Uh, as I've said to you uh, before, uh, even just a few minutes ago, it's, yeah. it's a Bruce Wayne that I give a shit about because yeah. we literally follow him from a kid to a young adult to you know a man learning about the world to someone who you know you you kind of forget like the first half of the dark night things are going pretty well they're having a good time they're yeah. getting shit done like yeah. it's, it's a trilogy that cuts right in half 
And then, uh, you know, the idea that he has to rediscover fear to become whole again mm. is uh, an interesting concept. And then also, and I think this is why, regardless of whether you like the movie or not, I think this is where a lot of bros have issues, which is, yeah, so, you know what? Sometimes you just want to quit. Like, you've done yeah. what you've done. And if it is going to be what it was meant to be, which was a symbol, you move on. Mm. And, you know, fuck. Who doesn't want to quit shit? <laughs> oh, look, I've got to say, from someone who quit their career, like, you know, I was a stand-up comedian for 22 years. Yeah. Um, and how long has it been since you performed on stage? It's three, four years now? Yeah, like, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I completely changed my life. And again, it was, it was that same impetus. It's like it hits you at, you know, a certain age where you go, am I... Am I, am I doing this for me? Am I doing this because I need to be doing it? And it's something I always used to say to people about doing stand-up. It's like, don't do it because you want to be famous. Don't do it because you want um, attention because you didn't get enough as a child or whatever. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, the weird personal psychological reasons are <laughs> yeah. like you have to have a need. Like there's something you need to say. There's, you know, there's something you have to, you know, this is the form. Like whether, whether you're writing a book or if you're creating music, like there's a need to communicate something and this is the form you're doing it in. And I felt like I had said everything I wanted to say as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And that I, yeah, I was just kind of going through the motions. And I, I totally get that. Like, it's like, you know, I've bashed up all the bad guys. Like, the crime yeah. is, is, is kind of gone now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not needed. Well, it's also, weirdly, jokes can feel like shackles after a mm. while. Like, you know, everything needs to come back to jokes because mm. we've all seen those comedians that don't tell jokes. And, uh, uh, yeah, so... It's difficult. You know, or... <laughs> and and you can also... Uh, you, you can also very much become intoxicated with thinking that you're right about everything because you have to believe yeah. that on stage and, and therefore you lose the nuance in your life. Yeah, there's that tension when you're writing something where you go... Whenever you feel like, who am I to tell people this? Right. Who am I to have this opinion? And I think, I think that's the moment where you go, oh, actually, I'm saying something important. Yeah. If I feel like I don't have the right to, you know, impose my will yeah. on a group of people, then you're like, well, then why do I need to, why do I feel I need to say this? Yeah. And I think that's where the important 
kind of stuff gets said. Um, and, you know, for me a long time it was about, you know, I was the only gay in the village. But now I feel like there's so many talented people who are carrying that baton. Like, I've, I've had to 3D print a whole bunch of them. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like I don't have to do it anymore. Like, yeah. you know, it's... It's it'd be like you know in the in the Dark Knight Returns comic when the Sons of Batman become a thing, right? And it's like, well, he doesn't really need to do it anymore because they're carrying on his legacy for him. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about my stand up now. Yeah. I've created the Sons of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to move on. All those, all those screaming homos that you have to put up with yeah. stand up kicks. Yeah. Now unleash them upon the night. <laughs> Go, my pretties. Um, how would you describe our new Robert Patterson version of Batman? He feels, uh, as I said before, um, he feels like he's very much in a seventies world, doesn't mm. he? Like it's like it's it feels it's a modern film, but yeah. it's just that greasiness. You know, I I would describe it as nineties. Like it feels like a a nineties vibe. Like if like if if. The Dark Knight is Christopher Nolan remaking Heat with Batman. Yeah. I feel like Matt Reeves is remaking Seven yes. with yeah. Batman. Oh, I, I had that next. <laughs> I had that next. And it was off the back of what you said to me last night, which I wrote. I like your description last night. It's like Matt Reeves watched Batman Begins and thought, well, instead of doing The Dark Knight, what if David Fincher made a Seven version of Batman? Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's uh, it's in the color palette. Yeah, it's it's in that it's constantly raining. Also, like you know how one of the main characters in Seven is that unnamed city. Yes, like the city. It's not a city that you know. Like yes. it could be anywhere. Yeah, it's just this horrible city where terrible things happen to people. Yeah, and that's the same thing. Like you know, for most of these films, Gotham is always you know they try to make it a character. Yeah, by you know big upping. You know this part of it, like you know, you've you've got your gigantic, big, monumental Gotham in uh, Tim Burton's one, right? And in Nolan's, it's all about the the administration, yeah. of Gotham, yeah. And this one, it just feels like this, like this city is like this seething kind of cesspit that just is irredeemable, yeah. And it's like, like I feel like the the tension in the movie is like like Gotham doesn't care. Right. Like it feels like in the other ones, Gotham somehow gives back to yeah. Batman. Like yeah. Gotham cares about Batman looking after it. But in this one, Gotham's like, no, I'm an inanimate object. Yeah. I'm a city. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, because a lot of it was filmed in Glasgow, I think it has the tension of Glasgow yeah. in it. And, which uh, is terrifying. Which is terrifying, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's uh, – there's – so much of it's uh, that, like the facades are being fixed or mm. falling apart, or well, it, like it got bombed during World War Two, and they never really quite fixed it properly. No, yeah. they replaced a whole chunk of it with you know terrible grey boxes, right? And I think they've it's been through a process of trying to get rid of that, right, and fix that. But yeah, it's yeah, Glasgow's like a weird. It's working class as well. Yeah. Like it's a working class town, and, yeah. and everything, the good and bad that comes with that. The uh, the thing that I wrote down while I was thinking about it last mm. night was um, some of the scenes uh, uh, of Gotham reminded me of the work of Edward Hopper, like Nighthawks. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. you know when you're looking in to the cafes, it's all those kind of yeah. muted colors, and uh, I feel like they really. 
Like the color palette is yeah. phenomenal throughout the film. Yeah. Like it's 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 beautifully shot and so much of it is um so many scenes happen where like kind of monumental things are happening that happen in the background quite blurry. Right. And we're focusing on some small insignificant detail. That's the only clear thing that's happening and you're like oh this is like it's almost like a horror movie like you know batman begins there's that sequence where batman's attacking the 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 thugs in the in the docks like right. in the shipping containers oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's like a horror movie for yeah. criminals in yeah. that moment like this whole film feels like a horror movie for criminals <laughs> oh yeah yeah well it's like he's always terrifying <laughs> he's always terrifying and it's uh it's funny uh i like that uh, once again, this isn't a spoiler, but there are scenes of aggression or scenes of violence that happen and characters in those scenes are reacting to maybe Batman's there or not, but yeah. he's always, like, they're always a bit on edge even yeah. when they do things. It's a bit like, is he about to jump out of the shadows? So when yeah. when he does come out of the shadows, it's like, oh, no, he's oh, here. He's- just generally terrifying now. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, the use, the judicious use of the, the bat signal is uh, mm-hmm. just a reminder. Everyone just be on edge, which is a, yeah. you know, that's that. Uh, Jim says that in um, The Dark Knight, you know, mm. it doesn't matter if he turns up. I just like to remind people that he's out there. Remember, yeah. There's a little drug deal. Yeah. Ah, the chances of you guys seeing him are one in a million. <laughs> but everyone's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, there's um, there's one scene in particular where it's a long drawn out reveal, and oh. it's like, I know I'm fine because I'm one of the good guys sitting yeah. in the cinema, ready for it, and I still felt, oh, yeah. this is gross. Like hanging on a a dark corridor for an inordinate amount of time, and I'm like, I love this. Yeah, I love this spooky corridor. Yeah. I don't want him to come out of it. No, no, I let's just linger here. <laughs> No wonder it's a long film. It, it does take its time, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of marinating in. Uh, and look, I got to say, I would have been happy if it had have ended at at one particular plot point. Oh yeah, maybe and we'll we'll save. I've got some thoughts. Yeah, but like you know, like it's it's satisfying. Mm. Like and it and then it keeps going, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm here for this ride as well. Yeah, like, like but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, but yeah, as for Pattinson, I feel like he is, you know, he's emo Batman. He yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. Which is the other thing that made me feel it was kind of like 90s, early 2000s. Like it's, it's that kind of, you know, petulant, brooding. Yeah. Kind of teenager guy. And also, you know, seeing, like, it made me feel very old um, seeing that. You know, in this film, his dad died after the year 2000. Oh, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> no, that can't be right. I'm only 18. What is happening here? Yeah, that's so funny. The um, Yeah, no, it does feel like a, a 90s, 2000 kind of Batman in that regard. Also, um, you know, I think he does kind of reflect now mm. very well in that, in my opinion, there's just a lack of nuance in in a lot of the world like you know yeah. like when you think about you know this is why comedy doesn't work at the cinema anymore mm. and nobody's going to see comedy because there's 
uh, a lack of nuance and no one's really paying proper attention mm. and that's why Don't Look Up is getting nominated for an Oscar because oh, every scene is saying satire. This is a satirical scene. Here is Ariana Grande. She's going to sing an entire song. An entire song. All of the lyrics of which are allegedly hilarious. Allegedly. And everyone's going to go crazy for it. And we're going to linger on it yep. for ages. Yep. And I found the song hilarious, but I probably would have found it hilarious if someone was just watching it on their phone for a minute. Oh, like and 35 you, seconds. And you yeah. got away to something else. Yeah. Like, just the two lines from the chorus and go, ha, ah, fantastic. But instead, it's like, we've got all this... Netflix have given us all this money. Let's yeah, put let's, on a concert. Let's do the whole thing. Let's yeah. put on an actual concert. Yeah. That's the other thing, like... Because I'm so used to watching, um, you know, these films be small. Like, even even the Spider-Man films. Like, No Way Home feels like a small film, like, shot in cupboards. Oh, yeah. Like, like you it's... know, you have, like, reveals of people coming through a portal in someone's lounge room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, it's like I've had such a weird like even when they're fighting on the scaffolding, it's like yeah, but we're just in this corner of the scaffolding and we probably won't show you what's outside. Whereas this film, it's like there are four hundred people in this scene. Yes, there are four hundred people in this scene. Yes, and now there's there's thirty six people in this one room to to look at these. You know, this crime scene. It's like, yes. why are all these police here? They just are, because we could afford them. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and, and it's not just one scene. It's not like no. we're building up to one scene. There's like 400 people in oh. stacks of scenes. Yeah, and now we're in a nightclub and there's 400 people there, in here. There's 400 people in the fucking nightclub. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whereas, you know, if, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, even when they went to, like, Europe in, uh, in, in Spider-Man, what's the... Uh, far uh, from home. Far from home. Yep. Like it's like I'm here in Italy in this side street. In this side street in Italy. Yeah, it's so true. This unspectacular side street in it, Venice. You know, like I, I saw the latest Spider-Man. I kind of was a bit eh, the first time I saw it. I saw it a second time, and I was like, you know what? Like it's actually, you it's know, fun. I tried to watch it from a, a younger person's point of yeah. view, and and uh, and from an actor's point of view, and mm. I really enjoyed it from an actor's point of view. Uh, but then, uh, not unlike. Don't look up. Mm. I, I I don't really remember much. Yeah. Like you know, like I do remember a couple of scenes, but like what you're talking about those those cinematic, uh, you know, deep scenes where it feels like the horizon stretches forever. Yeah. Like the, the the Batman had a lot of that. A you lot know? of that. The, he, which I think he's learned obviously from the Dark Knight because that has a lot of that. Yes, like you have big scenes, like yeah. you know that. Those scenes in Hong Kong are gigantic scenes. Yeah. Like, they're huge scenes. Yeah. Um, like, even the way when you're on the floor of a building, like, the fact that you travel all throughout a building. Yeah. And he's going out of windows and back in again and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it feels big. Yes. It doesn't feel like three people in a room and someone comes from a portal from a laneway into the room. Like, just and like... Like you, like, you never get a sense of a laneway. You just get a sense of a room. If if you're one of those people who thinks why was this film not up for best picture and or best director, it's because like it felt a like really, a bunch of rooms. It felt like a bunch of rooms. <laughs> like it shouldn't feel like rooms. It should have felt like a, a bunch of spectacular vistas. Yes. Like, like Dune feels like a gigantic big movie. Right. Like it's a big. It's 
massive. Like just even the the scenes of the burning trees, you're like, fuck, this is oh, big. Yeah, burning trees. Yeah, like, that is a monumental yeah. scene. Yeah, no, I agree. And this is what this is one of the strengths of this movie. Yeah. And it tells us from the start that it's going to be big because I've never seen the words Batman bigger on oh a screen. Oh my god, it's gigantic! <laughs> like I could have taken off my glasses and read it. Like it was massive. It's just like uh, just letting you know this is going to be a big movie, and this is how I'm going to let you know by telling you the title of the movie is The Batman! <laughs> <laughs> like, have you watched um, Mindhunter on Netflix? Yes, yeah, yeah. And all the titles like, yeah, ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah. Iowa! <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, I reckon we can kind of, uh, kind of touch on some of the characters and talk about mm-hmm. them as a generalisation yes. without giving anything away. Um, whew, Catwoman. Oh. Like, Zoe Kravitz as Zoe Selena Kravitz Kyle. Zoe is so good. Uh, feels everything. very much... Close, the closest I've seen to the year one version. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so my question for you is, is Catwoman the most underrated character in the Batman mythology? Because you think of, like, she's nailed by three actors in yeah. the TV series. All three bring something delicious. Yeah. You've got the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Oh, amazing. And the Anne Hathaway, like, still one my favourite moment for her in in the dark night rises is when she's calmly shooting people and as the police run in she acts all hysterical yeah and uh, so they all check out and then as soon as she the way she flips on a dime when she sees yeah. they've walked past and goes yep okay i can get out of here is an once again an underrated moment yeah and i think uh kravitz has added to the long list of people just nailing catwoman yeah and again never kind of called catwoman and never, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's just, she wears a lot of tight leather and yes, she climbs does. in windows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know uh, in the current uh, day and age, uh, you have to be careful about these kinds of things. But let me just say, in a very subtle and respectful way, I would have been happy if she never left the screen. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's yeah. stunning. And But oozing charisma and, like, uh, good with a line. You know, I, you know, you know what I find weird throwaways? is, you know, like there's there's all these online commentary. Uh, people go crazy if um, Ryan Reynolds is now in a Marvel film and he was the Green Lantern. What's going on? <laughs> oh yeah, right. No one bets an eyelid that she was an X Men. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, no one even cares. No, because she's a woman. She's a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what, where are the where are the fourteen hour think pieces about what it, how she's destroying Marvel by defecting to DC, right? For, like to play the Catwoman. It's like, right? Where where are those? Like, yeah. they don't exist. No, because no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Yeah, well, um, not those types of people. No. Anyway, the only person I think who is uh, you know missing from this movie, which would have made it, and I think she makes. You know, every movie spectacular. Meryl Streep. Just by being there. No. She was playing Gotham, I think. (laughs) Is Zoe Saldana. Like, I feel like she's like this weird glue that holds movies together that no one really thinks holds movies together. I agree 100%. And I don't know what it is, but she can just, you know. I feel like she grounds things. She grounds things. And I think of her as, you know, as a basketball fan, I think of her as like a role player like so you mm. might have a couple of stars but if you don't have that person who can bridge the gap between them yeah. and can mold their game to each star uh, that they're playing with yeah. a team falls apart and she can be dropped in and she can be up against Zachary Quinto's very stoic 
Spock yeah. or she can be bouncing off Republican Chris Pratt, you know. <laughs> yeah. So and she can like she does. She grounds oh, everything. Look, it, even even when she's blue with a tail. Right. In in Avatar, she's great. She's just yeah. like really grounding. And I think I think Zoe Kravitz has the ability to be that, but I think like cuz she's kind of I mean, she's essentially playing a a difficult trope, which is the, you know, in the in year one, it's much more clear that she's you know hooker with a heart of gold, right? Uh, which is a difficult and problematic trope. Um, yeah. And in this, she's got far more agency. There's, yeah. uh, you know, but there's there's still that kind of thing with Catwoman where it's like, is she an object or is she an active character in and of right. herself? Like, right? You know, it's. But I feel like she's. Yeah, she walks the line really carefully in this, and it's and that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, because like you know, leaning either way. Like if you go too far, you end up Michelle Pfeiffer licking her paws, right? Hilarious, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, um, but in the kind of gritty milieu that this is kind of set in, like that would be ridiculous. Yeah, but you know, there's also no de- denying how incredible she looks in yeah. skin tight leather. Yeah. Yeah, two, like all the thumbs up for me. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, one actor, uh, can we, we can definitely talk about Colin Farrell. Can we talk about another person that turned up who's opposite Colin Farrell a lot? Or that, that's fine, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Are they in the, they'll be on IMDb, I'm sure. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like it's fine to talk about this actor because I feel like there's a 3% part of my podcast uh, (laughs) listeners who will be as excited as you and I were when they Mm. turned up. Um, Colin Farrell, the double act of Colin Farrell and John Turturro is like Colin Farrell who... Is unrecognisable. Unrecognisable. And and part of me is like, why didn't they just get Brian Cox? (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) like... Colin Farrell's really funny too. He's great. Like he's uh, once again, you know, uh, you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin is pretty iconic. Yes. In, uh, in I ought to have your spade, you lousy minx. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite line. <laughs> Such a good line. Uh, but he is, you know, he is equal parts. Like you feel like he does run that place. Yeah. He does feel like he's dangerous. He is funny. Yeah. You know he. He, he gets off some zingers without without them being wah yeah. lines. Yeah, he. I mean, he feels in some respects like a kind of generic, you know, mob guy. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, why? Why is he called the penguin? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's. I, I guess he's got like like the it's the, a subtly off nose. Yeah. You know. Um, he's, he's fat, so he waddles a bit. He waddles a bit. You know. <laughs> And uh, also great to see uh, John Turturro play a fucking suave uh, oh, Carmine yeah. Falcone. Like, he yeah. is suave. Yeah. He looks, you know, he looks kind of handsome. Like, John Turturro is not a, a traditionally handsome man, but no. he, he looks fantastic. Yeah. And he is menacing. Yeah. And, and not menacing in the way that he... Chase Shia LaBeouf around in the Transformers movies, like actually menacing, <laughs> like properly, like like actually, you might know him menacing. Um, I was also, uh, uh, you know, who I think might be uh, the Zoe Saldana of this movie is Jeffrey Wright as oh, yeah. Gordon. Yeah, uh, great, just great. Yeah, he's always good. He's always good. 
his baritone is perfect and um you know he without giving away any of the lines he's pretty <laughs> funny when he's when he's asked him to do things and is a bit upset with the way he did yeah. do things you know it's um he's uh he's really good and uh he is once again it's um interesting it's it's not a beat cop gordon that we got mm. in batman begins it's uh he's rising up the ranks yeah he's, he's a he's a lieutenant yeah. as the americans say yeah um we would say lieutenant yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah so he's he's got seniority but he's yeah. not quite you know, the boss yet. Not quite the boss yet. Uh, he has a, a bunch of British character actors uh, as his bosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious because it's like, oh, that's so-and-so from Thingo. It's yeah. It's like, isn't that the abusive husband from EastEnders? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, why are they here? Um, we'll, we'll get into a couple of the other actors in the in the spoiler podcast. But uh, before we... Uh, we'll, we'll finish up on this... Like, um, good use of strobe lighting. Strobe lighting oh, should yeah. always be used in a Batman film. And yeah. uh, uh, there's quite a judicious use of it yeah. as well. Good uh, good music. The music is great. Michael Giacchino is one of my favourite yeah. scorers. Um, and I was kind of like, because I know he's worked with Reeves on the Apes movies. Yep. Um, so I was like, well, I'm sure he would just go to Giacchino. But then I'm like, oh... Sometimes he's he can be a bit jaunty, like a right. bit too positive and up, like yeah. in that. Um, you know, he's very he's great at kind of aping uh, John Williams in the like Jurassic Park: The Lost World, and right. also he did that amazing score for Rogue One, which just riffs on John Williams' Star Wars themes yeah. without using the Star Wars themes. Yeah, yeah, like, it's really cleverly done. Um, but yeah, because his scores are always quite kind of positive, like his Spider-Man themes are really yeah. upbeat. And so I was like, oh, I don't know how he's going to go with this kind of film. But then, you know, you listen to his scores for those two Planet of the Apes movies that Matt Reeves did. And you're like, oh, no, he's he has like a... Like they've got a lot of percussion. They're quite dark. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're talking about the guy who actually used a piece of uh, plain fuselage to create music for Lost. Right. Like, yeah. you know, so I'm like, why was I worried? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. Yeah, it's great. I it's really it's great. great score. And also the use of like found music, like the use of um, songs that are played in the yeah in the score is great. Yeah. The uh, use of Ave Maria is, yeah. uh, I think that was one of the first things I said to you, which is uh, I love the use of, uh, the, the changing of the origin and begins from seeing Zorro to seeing uh, the Mephistopheles yeah. uh, opera, and it, that it, that informs the whole trilogy. Mm. It's operatic, and this one, it, it, using Ave Maria kind of broadens what to expect of yeah. this film, and it makes it even like more. It feels doubt. biblical. Yeah, like it's kind of like, oh, why are you? Why are we going here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and Nirvana coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, like I thought that was. It's funny, isn't it? Like when Nirvana popped into the movie, I was like, "Oh, it's not just the trailer." Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But um, look, yeah, because sometimes you get those things in a trailer, and you're like, "Is that going to be in the film?" Like, imagine dragons in the um, Murder on the Orient Express trailer. It's like, really? Right? Is that going to be in the film? Yeah. And is it? <laughs> 
I don't remember. It's, right, it's, you've you've already. Uh, those, those films are so terrible. I love them. Yeah, like seriously, I I want to retitle um, <laughs> Death on the Nile as Mustache Begins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like it's up there with the uh, you know when we discovered what the things hanging from the rearview mirror on the Millennium Falcon meant. What? No. What? what? No one gave a shit. No one mate. gave a shit. No one wanted to see the when. Chewie and Han first met. It's like, oh yeah, okay, and and, and, this, and that's what's great about this. We've yeah. already seen yeah. Jim and uh, Bruce meet before. Yeah, well, they've already got an established relationship at the start of this movie. That's yeah. fine. They're already pals. We're yeah. already there. We don't need to have that explained to us again. We We're no. not idiots. We are not idiots. It's one of the rare times I can say that with confidence. <laughs> um, all right, generally rare idiots. <laughs> let's let's finish this one here. But uh, essentially, uh, I thought it was great. So much fun. Looking forward to seeing it again because, and keen to see it again pretty soon, don't you oh, think? Oh, well, I have to go and see all the bits that I missed when I went to the toilet. You did have a toilet break. <laughs> you went to, it was pretty quick. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm pretty good at them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a professional. I mate. start going halfway down the aisle. So it's, it's oh, that makes sense. <laughs> right. I did wonder how you made it so quick. Um, I, I also, uh, th- this is just for a very select. Uh, fans of the podcast, but uh, we might have been the only two people in the two-packed cinemas mm. who was genuinely excited with the twins from the first season yes! of The Leftovers turned up. <laughs> it was like, those guys. I was so wrapped. I was so wrapped. <laughs> I loved them in The Leftovers and uh, and it made me happy because I know that... Um, Are they Lin- the same twins from Desperate Housewives? <laughs> I, I don't think so. But the, the Lindelof loved those guys so much and yeah. there was just nowhere, like the story just wasn't going yeah. anywhere that he could use them. So there was this little part of me thinking, well, Lindelof's going to be wrapped with this yes. film. He's going to, the twins. Is he mates with Reeves? Aren't they all like, you know, no, part of J.J. Abrams' coterie? They're, 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 maybe that's how he knows of them. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's, I had not thought about yeah. that. But um, uh, I was, uh, I really enjoyed the film and it was, I was really enjoying it, and then about uh, a third of the way through, I went, oh, this is kicked in. Yeah. This is kicked in. But we will talk about that in the next podcast, which, as a reminder, will be full of spoilers. Spoilers. So, don't as, – as some people have asked me online, is the podcast going to give away stuff before I see it? And my answer to that is, do not hold me responsible for ruining any part of the movie. Yes. So, that's why we've done this. You can I mean, to this. look, there there could have been spoilers in this if you uh, don't like tone being spoiled. Yeah, right. Like if you don't, if you don't like want color palette being spoiled. If you don't spoiled. want tone to be spoiled, <laughs> if you don't want, you know, the use of uh, particular, uh, you know, operatic music to be spoiled. Yeah. If you don't, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there will be. There's if you don't if you don't want, you know, <laughs> Zoe Kravitz's. <laughs> Wardrobe choices to be spoiled. Yeah, no. Well, you know, um, we, we have ruined it. But yeah. uh, this is the broad sweeping uh, camera panning over the horizon yeah. version, and we will get into the nitty gritty of what we specifically liked, and a couple of quibbles. Only a couple. A couple. But a couple. You know, but you know, there, there's always one. Yeah. If you don't have quibbles, what's what's the point of coming to the movies? It's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's an actor we haven't mentioned. Ooh. Ooh. 
thank you to Adam Richard for joining me on this podcast. Remember, Adam and I talk about the Batman on the second podcast, and that is the part two, which is full of spoilers. Remember, it's full of spoilers. If you don't want anything ruined, hold on to that episode and wait for the appropriate time. Look, let's be honest, it's not going anywhere. It will be there waiting for you when the time is right. Thank you also to our Patreon subscriber for this episode, Isabel. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and uh, thank you very much for your support. If you're listening and would like to support this podcast, you can either sign up at Patreon or if money is tight at the moment, leave us a top review over at Apple Podcasts or even just recommend us to a friend. Uh, Or just keep listening. (laughs) Just keep listening to the podcast. That's a really nice way to support it as well. So thank you. Uh, Let's finish this podcast with a quote from director Matt Reeves. Really interesting genre films, especially monster movies, evoke the fears of the times intentionally. That quote felt appropriate for this version of The Batman. Until then. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.